0: Somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Oh, yes, Mr. Robert. Thank you very much. It's me, Mike. Mike Davidson lives. Thank you very much for downloading this latest Go-Rounds. We hang out for about half an hour or so. Glad you can dial it up. And by dial it up, I mean download it because... For whatever reason i still use radio jargon uh kind of exciting around the household a little stressful because um, this weekend we're going to take the girls down to see my folks uh lana and hazel are going to spend a week with my uh, my parents down in southern indiana along with my brother uh logan is going to stay up here because he's just too damn much for anybody to handle right now uh is quite the bub but um they're excited and i was i was thinking about this Uh, The other day, uh, Spongebob Squarepants is always on in this house. Logan loves it. The girls kind of like it, too. And uh, the episode came up uh, where uh, the late great Marion Ross, Happy Days, she played Spongebob's grandmother, and he was trying to act all um, adult. You know, he had the sideburns and the the bubble pipe and everything. He, no, grandmother, I don't want your kisses anymore. I don't want your cookies anymore because, you know, he was embarrassed by her love of him. He was getting some flack about it. Um, and, I, and I was watching that, and I was just like, our, our kids are pretty freaking spoiled in one regard, in that they have two grandmas. They have one just around the corner from us, my wife's mother, who uh, will spoil them incessantly. And they got one they're going to be visiting this, uh, this weekend, and she can't wait to see them. I didn't have... The same, the, the same opportunities with grandmothers. They did. Uh, my dad's mom passed away eight years prior to me being born. She, uh, my dad was like eighteen. He was in college at the time when that happened. I think the uh, of uh, all the kids that were born, um, my cousin Beth was the only one to ever really meet her, and that was a very long time ago. Um, but uh, yeah, I was. I never got the opportunity to meet my dad's mom. And my mom's mom, uh, not quite the mother my mom is. I'll put it to you that way. So, uh, as far as birth grandmothers go, I mean, you know, the kids are very lucky. I think the closest I had to really a fun grandmother was my Aunt Dorothy. My Aunt Di. Uh I don't think she was much of a cook, but she was always fun to be around and uh, always loved visiting her as a kid. So, they're excited about that. Uh, we're excited because... Uh, I think once the girls are down there, we can drop the boy off with the grandmother around the corner. And I think we're, t- we're trying to work out a double date with, other, with another couple here. And we're going to go see Oppenheimer, I think, this weekend. And um, I am stoked. Uh, the latest Christopher Nolan offering, getting a lot of uh, rave reviews. I think Paul Schrader I, what was one of the ones I saw. He's a screenwriter behind Taxi Driver. And he says this might be the most important movie of this century. He might be overselling it a little bit here but i mean that's high praise from a guy of that caliber um ing ign ing whatever the hell it's called it, it's basically a gamer site gave it a perfect 10. Uh, the reviewer at uh, roger gave it four stars and i think it's got 92 percent freshness over at rotten tomatoes so a lot of big praise for this movie looking forward to it um Uh, Unlike other movies this past summer that have been actual bombs. I mean, Oppenheimer is about a bomb. A lot of bombs this summer. And uh, the DCEU is dying a uh, painful death. Um, Because, I mean, nobody saw Shazam 2. Nobody saw The Flash. (laughs) Uh, You got Blue Beetle coming out, which I think will be kind of a, a yawner. And then you got Aquaman 2, which is still doing reshoots and it's due to drop at the end of this uh this year at this point the question i have is if you know this universe is getting rebooted if it's going to be you know james gund here you know he's already got his cast lineup up for the next superman movie if, if you know you've got a turkey coming out just just release the damn thing what what's the point in putting all this effort in it you're just burning through cash like you're disney but your Warner Brothers, which is only kind of, sort of worse than Disney right now. By the way, uh, pictures have leaked online of the latest Disney offering, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, they're, they're, well, it's not the Seven Dwarfs, that's the thing. Uh, another live-action reboot of a beloved classic. You know, you had Snow White, the Seven Dwarfs, the Evil Queen. Well, because dwarfs are not inclusive enough, they're now like seven magical forest beings. So I don't. I think it's just going to be called Snow White. But pictures leaked online of these um, of these characters, and at first, you know, Disney was like, "No, no, no, they're stand-ins. That's not the uh, the actual final shot." And then they pretty much confessed afterward. No, the, yeah, that's that's how they're dressed. And and to describe them, well, I mean, it's on it's on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. But uh, to describe the way they look, they look like they just set the city of Portland on fire. Again, that's the best way I can say it. They, they look like uh, hippies and it's, yeah, it's cringe 100%. Uh, Critical Drinker, by the way, uh, put out a video criticizing this and brought up how Peter Dinklage, I, I, I talked about this at the inception of this uh, podcast a couple years back. Uh, how Peter Dinklage was offended that uh, the, you know, we're gonna have dwarves in this movie and it's just gonna mischaracterize dwarves and It's it's gonna be a bad look and there's only like one dwarf among the seven magical people So there are six taller people that are now magical beings and each of those war um, uh, roles could have gone to an actual dwarf an actual small person uh, who could have used that to uh Elevate their career a little bit. But no, because we're inclusive, because we're so inclusive now, we have to exclude other groups. That's Inclusiveness is almost kind of a mirage when you think about it. And it kind of sucks because these actors didn't get the opportunity that they should, these, these smaller actors. But then again, they shouldn't be rebooting things. They should be coming up with original properties. I also have this up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. And holy hell i cringed when i saw this uh, secret invasion which is going on right now disney plus nobody's watching it um uh, and then you had she-hulk earlier in the year and everybody's trying to forget about that uh, combined the two shows budgets combined 437 million dollars each of these shows for one season 200 million dollars to produce and all anybody can remember is uh the twerking she hooked it at the end of one episode. That's bad. And and you don't have uh the subscription rate to to back up those numbers. That's why Disney's lost like eight hundred million dollars uh so far this year. Four hundred thirty seven million dollar budget for two shows. Two shows. And these are like six, seven, eight episode shows. This I mean Kevin Feige, when he launched the MCU, did just great things. But now it's become kind of a joke. And what do you have to show for this? What justification do you have to keep Kevin Feige on as a showrunner, as a producer for the MCU, especially when everything outside of Guardians three and No Way Home has basically been an embarrassment. I think it's time for fresh blood there. You know, you need to find a James Gunn. You had a James Gunn and you let him go. Uh, maybe bring back the Russo brothers. Let them run things. Because when they're behind the helm directing movies for Marvel, uh, the story seemed a little more coherent. But that's just me speaking as a fanboy. All right, Barry Diller. He's a former um, former head of Paramount, Plus, or Paramount Pictures which is now Viacom, Paramount, Palooza. And uh, he was on CBS, imagine that. I think a few days back, Face the Nation. It's it's one of those shows I don't watch because it's on Sunday morning. It's political for the most part and, you know, politics. But uh, he was talking about how this could be very catastrophic, this writer and Hollywood actor strike. um, And he's talking about how there's going to be less content available uh, with no shows available here. I mean, we're... um, we're coming up on the start of football season. More on that here in a second. Um, we're coming up on the start of football season. And with football season, the NFL, you know, a lot of networks kick off their fall campaign. And uh, there's not going to be a whole hell of a lot to promote. And going into Christmas, uh, that's when you're going to see the slowdown with movies. Uh, a lot of those movies for the Christmas season have already been produced. Um, It could be catastrophic from what he's saying. Because they're fighting over revenue for actors and writers for streaming shows. Because it's not the same as it was when things were syndicated, when things went to network. But then again, there may not be a whole lot of money in the kitty. Hence uh, what I just read to you about uh, She-Hulk and Secret Invasion. It's a different animal streaming. They keep thinking that there's money in their, them, hills. And there really isn't. But everybody wants a bigger slice of the pie. It could be very catastrophic. Bears watching. Uh, So we'll probably see more reality television shows. Sorry to hear about that. You know, um, when everything was shut down for the pandemic, one of the cool things CBS actually did, and it seems kind of stupid now because we do have streaming. You can watch uncut, unedited shows, but, like, they brought back Sunday night movies. where It used to be back in the day growing up, if a movie had been out for two years... You know, it was in the theaters, and then it did its run on HBO or Cinemax or whatever. Networks would finally get it, and it would be a big deal to have Jurassic Park or Home Alone or any of these big movies on. And and uh, CBS did it. They they brought back some of those movies during the pandemic uh, in May for, like, you know, Mission Impossible, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, there's another one, uh, a few other movies in there. They might want to revisit that idea i'd rather see a chopped up movie than reality tv but hbo does have uh hard knocks which is an nfl program and i don't watch that because i don't want to see what goes on behind the scenes in a locker room at the nfl i don't think i'll get in the full picture because even even though this is supposed to be real i, I have a hard time believing that you're seeing everything that you want to see coaching staffs are very secretive about playbooks and everything I have a hard time believing you're seeing everything that you need to see with this program. I didn't. I didn't watch the Colts one, uh, and that was, of course, so as the uh, catastrophic collapse a couple years back with Carson Wentz <laughs> in, the, in the in the the QB slot there. But uh, this year it's going to be the New York Jets, the New York Football Jets, with uh, Aaron Rodgers as quarterback, and I guess he voiced his displeasure about it. Uh, because well, I mean I, I mean, I understand it's about me. You know, I mean, I'm here, and it's like, well, yeah, dude, you're a four time MVP. Uh, who's notoriously not happy about things, and the media always talks about you. I think out outside of Tom Brady, the most talked about uh, quarterback in the last ten years. And I, and I'm saying this knowing full well that you know Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow, the next up and coming crop. Very entertaining, very interesting. On the upside of each of their careers, we're still talking about Aaron Rodgers. And so, yeah, the the big market, New York, HBO, Aaron Rodgers, lightning bolts in terms of attention. No doubt they're going to be talking about you. But I'm just just not a big fan of the concept. Like I said, you're not seeing everything. That's that's why I'm not really into that sort of thing. Okay, Uh, Jason Aldean, he's got this uh, new song out. Uh, basically, what's it called try doing that in a small town and uh, everybody's saying that this is inciting violence Uh, the video has been pulled off CMT because it's just too damn violent I read the lyrics and basically all all the uh, the problems that you have in a big city you wouldn't do that in a small town because uh, people in small towns can hold their own I think there's a degree of truth to that because uh, you know when you're in a big city, you expect others to do things for you. You know, you're more inclined to go to the cops, go to the fire department. Uh, you know, call nine one one. But if, but if as you've seen in some of these viral posts about San Francisco, cops really don't give a shit if someone's broken into your car. But they're they're giving Jason Aldean all this crap about this song. Meanwhile, for the last thirty or so years, hip hop has had some pretty violent songs. You don't hear crap about that from the media. It's when Jason Aldean says, yeah, try doing some of that. Try doing some of the stuff that you see in a rap video in a small town and see where it gets you. And now he's the problem. I'm rolling my damn eyes about it because I really don't care. But it's just, there's a degree of hypocrisy uh, with some of these media types. And it's funny that they only now get upset about it when a country star does it and not say... uh, like when uh, you know Tupac and Biggie were going at it, we lionize them now. But now Jason Aldean's the problem. Can you imagine? Jason Aldean's the problem. Okay. Oh, um, file this under uh, we've learned nothing, and and by that I mean Bud Light 2023. Uh, Anheuser Bush, one of their higher executives. I was reading this interview. Uh, Earlier today, and I I only got halfway through it because yeah, it it was pretty much a cock-and-bull story You know, it's um, PR speak and everything but uh, as you know Bud Light's Sales have plummeted uh, 25 to 30 percent depending on what, what source you have read because of the Dylan Mulvaney video I Know we keep going back to that but people keep commenting about it And I feel inclined to comment about it when someone else comments about it. That's just that's how that works. Uh, but he says, you know, we're not really worried about it. This is like your number one selling beverage for the company. It's tanking, and you're not worried about it, okay? And the excuse is a dumb excuse because I think I've already pretty much uh cracked why it's a dumb excuse, but I'll do it again. His thing is, is like that wasn't an advertising campaign. We gave one can to one person who made one post. That's it. Yeah okay you gave your beer a personalized can with dylan mulvaney's picture on it to dylan mulvaney dylan mulvaney whose instagram has 1.8 million viewers followers that's just instagram i don't know anything about dylan's twitter facebook uh, friendster google plus (laughs) whatever i really don't know how many? But a lot of people follow Dylan Mulvaney for some odd reason. Dylan posts this online. It gets shared online. Millions and millions of eyeballs see it. Millions and millions of eyeballs that don't necessarily agree with Dylan Mulvaney. Yeah, just one post to one person with one can. That was it. You meant nothing by it. Okay. I tell you what, if it means nothing, cut Dylan Mulvaney another check. Give Dylan Mulvaney another personalized can. Let Dylan Mulvaney post another Instagram video. Let's see where this goes. Because you wandered into politics and you reaped the the whirlwind with that sort of thing. And what kills me, again, I've said this before, Bud Light was already an inclusive beverage. Because it was being drank by both social conservatives and gay people alike. It was when you wandered into this that the social conservatives pulled back and said, yeah, we're buying something else. And then when you kind of, sort of, not really tried to walk it back, you had gay bars in Minneapolis and Chicago said, nah, we're done with you too. Like I said, you've got plenty to worry about there, guy. All right, so we're done with talking about that for this time around. Uh, Threads is dead, by the way. Uh, they launched that last week. I, t- I, I hinted at this last podcast, but because there are so many people that hate Elon Musk and hate the fact that uh, we're not censoring people enough, and I've got my problems with Elon Musk, but, I mean, not to the point where I have this rabid hatred for the dude. Uh, you know, Zuckerberg launched Threads, and everybody's saying, oh, this is going to be great. He's already got 75 million people Uh Signed up, and by seventy-five million people, some of these might actually be people, not bots or burner accounts. But seventy-five new accounts signed up, and now um, they're encountering many problems. The engagement from uh, the first week went down from what was it twenty minutes to just seven minutes. So already, it is a fraction of what it once was, and it's just been a week. And the the signups have been slowed down. Uh, the engagement has pretty much collapsed. It's it's not looking all that great. And they're now having to limit data, which a lot of people were criticizing Elon Musk for. Like he was limiting data just to cut down on some of the uh, data scraping, as they call it. So Threads is already struggling, and it's it's shocking for uh, for a company that gave us uh, the metaverse to yeah. To uh, to have another bomb on their hands, but there it is. They're trying to copy a formula that that's already been done, and the thing is, is Meta already has Instagram and Facebook. They already have ways to engage people. They already have rules for their sandbox. For them to create another sandbox that looks just like Twitter, isn't as invent- innovative as people think it is. And when you're openly saying, "Yeah, we're creating a safer environment to let people speak," you're just saying, "Okay." Only a certain degree of ideas get shared here. Anything else is going to get censored, and it's just not going to work out. And it was amazing all the astroturfing that this uh, the media was doing, saying, "Oh yeah, now there's multiple ways to get your information." And Twitter's struggling. Twitter's that and Twitter's uh, data really didn't change all that much. Uh, its engagement really didn't change all that much uh, during uh, threads of Palooza which is now pretty much behind us. The only way Mark Zuckerberg is going to beat Elon Musk is if he wins their uh, Battle of the Braun, uh, which may or may not be at the Roman Coliseum. But I I think Threads is pretty much dead. Taco Tuesday is dead. Well, it kind of is. No, it's it's not dead. It's liberated. Uh, For years, Taco John, a regional taco restaurant, it's a chain restaurant, Uh, trademarked, copyrighted this thing, trademarked it because it was their thing. Nobody else could use it. Nobody at all. And uh, Taco Bell was going to sue, was going to challenge this. And this week, Taco John says, we give up because we can't afford the legal fees. And I'm just thinking, finally, that greedy corporation with 400 locations that trademarked this, uh, this thing that everybody has a right to, uh, was defeated by that small mall-and-pop taco stand known as Taco Bell, which has 8,200 restaurants worldwide. Owned by Pepsi, by the way. Yeah, and, and people were cheering this on. LeBron James, you know, for the little guy, was cheering this on. Yeah, he took the side of uh, the 8,200 restaurant chain over the 400 restaurant chain. Yeah, you're not for the little guy, are you, LeBron. Uh, And I know people are like, but it's Taco Tuesday. It should be for everyone. Well, that was that restaurant's trademark. That was that restaurant's gimmick. And for all these people that are cheery that it's now free, uh, that's just one less thing that Taco Bell has to compete against. And they happily burned cash because they had more cash to burn than Taco John did. And so that's how they won. They threatened them with a long legal battle. And the folks at Taco John are like, we give up. We can't do this and it just all the anti-corporate types that are on twitter saying oh yeah this is a uh, this is a blow for for the little guy that likes tacos it's a for, blow for taco lovers everywhere get the hell out of here you <laughs> if anything this is basically uh it's it's not me indicting capitalism but it's just showing you uh the way the world is uh the golden rule he who has the gold makes the rule Taco Bell did this, and they didn't do it because of the kindness of their hearts. They didn't do it so everybody can have Taco Tuesday. They did it because that's one less thing for Taco John to advertise, and Taco Bell um, can continue to dominate. So there you have it. Yeah, yeah celebrate that. Uh, say, in your face, Taco John, I guess. Okay, so that's going on. Next door, I live in Indiana. Illinois has now done away with the cash bail system, the first state in the union to get do away with it. It was upheld by the state Supreme Court, five to two, and basically the only way a prisoner can be held now is if the judge deems them a flight risk or a risk to society. So this is basically the judgment of the judge. But they're saying that the, the cash bail system is unfair to a lot of impoverished uh, people who are accused of a crime they didn't commit. And... Uh, <laughs> if if indian i just it doesn't make me too nervous because we actually have law and order here in the state of indiana but if you live in the city of chicago why the hell are you still doing that seriously um because everybody in jail is innocent wink wink yeah uh very very rarely is somebody falsely accused of a crime and can't make bail uh, they're making it a class thing, but the thing is, is um, there's going to be some people that get out even after being deemed no no risk by a judge, because the judge doesn't really know the situation all that well. They don't know the the person that they're letting out into society. This this increases the risk for more crime to be committed, and it's going to happen in the bigger cities of Chicago. Uh, And you're going to see more people leave the state of Illinois. It's it's already hemorrhaging people. Uh, You know, they're moving up to Wisconsin. They're moving over to Illinois, or not Illinois, Missouri, Iowa. My home state of Indiana. I mean, a lot of people from Chicago are now landing in the region. Of course, they're bringing a lot of the things that uh, made Chicago not cool anymore with them. We'll see what happens. But... i I don't see that anytime soon happening here in the state of indiana knock on wood it's a little dangerous to do that and and by the way uh, 50 cent got in trouble uh because he criticized los angeles for doing something similar and everybody's like well you know 50 cent you know you you were a criminal once and it's like yeah years ago what's he done lately you're gonna throw that in his face now dude got shot in the face what what can you do to the guy (laughs) maybe stare at him make it make him uncomfortable that's what they're doing in uh, hong kong as you know uh, smokers uh, have fewer and fewer places to smoke uh, because health advocates are you know doing all they can to get rid of smoking except actually you know making it illegal tax revenue it's addictive more so than nicotine right Uh, city of hong kong has a bunch of places that you're not supposed to smoke in like stores restaurants trains that whole thing but people continue to smoke. So the the uh, government there has urged people to stare at someone who's smoking and keep staring at them until they stop. So if somebody lights up in a restaurant and they're not supposed to, uh, rather than tell the manager, hey, they're uh, smoking, you might want to throw them out or tell them to put it out. You just stare at them and the whole room theoretically stares at them. Whoever came up with this idea has never heard of TikTok or YouTube. There are going to be some people that light up, that kind of get off on the uh, the attention here. Why do I know that? Because our country has a bunch of TikTokers and YouTubers out there that do all sorts of stupid things. And yeah, you know, smoking a cigarette is a drop in the bucket compared to some of the other things I've seen on uh, on these uh, videos. A uh, bunch of attention whores. But I mean, it just uh, what does that do? Just oh, we're ashamed of you. you know try doing that. Try doing that in some of the rougher parts of this state, and I'm not, and I'm not talking like a restaurant. Like you know, just at a truck stop, you see somebody is smoking by a gas pump. Stare at them. See if they don't try to turn your forehead into an ashtray. Uh, but that's that's what they're doing in Hong Kong. I don't think that would work here, stateside. You know, they, we just we would just uh, increase the uh, the cigarette tax to like you know fifteen dollars a pack. People still smoke. All right, I want to wrap this up. And it's, a, it's I, I, I shake my head, I roll my eyes, because this happens every friggin' summer, it feels like. And, you know, in a place that attracts as many people as it does, yeah, there's going to be some people that test limits, not necessarily smoke, but they're, they're going to do things they're not supposed to. And it's Yellowstone National Park. I'm not talking like, you know, teasing the bears or, you know, skinny dipping in old faithful R.I.P. if you decide to do that. Uh, it's just every summer somebody gets gored by another bison and it happened again this past week got the story linked up on the mike davidson facebook page like these women were walking in the field they walked near a bison and one of them got gored i don't know the extent of this woman's injuries yeah i hope she pulls through but it still seems very stupid to walk this close to something that big with pointy effing horns but that's just me you know this sort of thing never happens in a holiday inn. You know, you, you don't get gored by a bison in a holiday inn. Um I think I would rather much, you know, if if I could stay in a place with air conditioning, uh some cable television to pass the time and then you know free continental breakfast in the morning, I'm good. I don't need to go out and tease the pointy cows like so many people do from california all right with that all said and done i am gone until next time stay fresh you've been listening to mike davidson live be sure to check him out on social media like him at facebook.com backslash m davidson lives follow him on twitter look for at davidson live